Hey everyone, welcome to the Influencer Economy. This is Ryan Williams. Each week I interview creators online who have launched revolutionary ideas. This week my guest is Bernie Sue. He's the creator of the web series, The Lizzie Bennet Diaries, which is an adaptation of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. We talked about his multi-platform project, which started on YouTube, ultimately became a book, and in between a Kickstarter project. He went on to win a primetime Emmy for the Lizzie Bennet Diaries YouTube series, becoming the first YouTube channel to win such a high distinction of a primetime Emmy award. Please make sure you find us at InfluencerEconomy.com. And if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Without further ado, Bernie Sue. Bernie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. How are you? Doing pretty good. We are uh, in your office in Santa Monica. You just gave me a free book, The Secret Diary of Lizzie Bennett. I did give you a free book. And uh, I want to thank you for hosting me, coming on the show. Well, welcome. Uh, thank you for coming out here. I, I hear you're close, but you know. Yeah, totally. Really it's, close. It's always nice to come to Santa Monica, even if you live in Santa Monica. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> Are you from LA? Uh, no, actually, I grew up in the uh, Silicon Valley area. Okay. And I moved down here about 10 years ago to chase this uh, entertainment dream. The we'll dream. Yeah. Which is really cool because you're now embracing the digital YouTube world. Absolutely. And it's drastically, uh, I imagine the industry is so much different now than 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually worked in Go- at Google, Google HQ, before it went public. And back then, Google was not doing anything really creative. It was very algorithm-based. still kind of is, but, you know, yeah. but, you know like, the, the company is so much different now. So um, I, look at the, I look at, you know, I left Google, came here, wanted to be a television writer, and I kind of, now I'm on YouTube, so I'm kind of back at Google in You're a sense. You're full circle. Yes, what, how big was Google when you were there? 800 people. No, oh. no, no, somewhere between 800 and 1,500. I, for, I forget the exact number. Wow. But it was nowhere near the juggernaut it, was, it is now. Cool. And what are you working on now? So right now, at the very moment, um, I like to think of it, the most active project we have is the Frankenstein MD project. Uh, it's, a, it's PBS Digital Studios' first script, scripted series. Uh, it's an adaptation of Frankenstein, um, modernized called Frankenstein MD, and uh, we've also gender-swapped the main character to make Dr. Victor Frankenstein to Victoria Frankenstein. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's a really fun project. And is that your your specialty in a way, like you're adapting things and books to the modern time? I would say that's what this company's specialty is, Pemberley Digital, which is the office that Yeah, can you explain, I guess, what the company is? And Sure. Pemberley Digital is a company that was formed uh, in 2012 after the consumption of the Elizabeth Diaries, the book that you have and uh, I'd like to say the I believe it's the first uh, book based on a web series based on a book yes and I'm pretty sure we have that distinction uh, and uh, everyone needs to process that for a minute yes exactly it's a little <laughs> bit of a loop <laughs> and uh, um, the company was formed after we that that show took off and we decided that there's a format here there's a business here we can keep doing this so Pemberley Digital as a company is is that's their uh, directive is to take classic novels currently classic novels and um, adapt them into modern uh, interactive stories Video bla- video based, video blog based. But we our our thing is to modernize, reimagine, and make them interactive in some way or sh- uh, as possible. And what's what's your role here? Uh, so I am the I guess co founder by definition. I treat, I'm an e- the e- uh, and one of the executive producers of all the projects. Um, I've show ran a couple of them. I am not show running Frankenstein. But I'm not the head writer of that project. Uh, but I do do a lot of overseeing. I think now it's more of an executive role. 
but uh, I still I still love writing. Writing's still great. Uh huh. You know. And so you all are multi-platform. We're all of our projects are multi-platform. We don't think them think of them as books. We think of them as more than books. We think of them as franchises. As you can see, Elizabeth Diaries. Yeah, which example. I saw at an airport. Which you saw at in an airport? Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> it's, and I was it's, really like, I'm interviewing the guy in the book. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, yeah, that's one of those kind of like, whoa, it's in all the airports. Like, yeah. I, I don't think I've been. That's mass distribution. I have I, I, uh, been in, in the last six, since this book has been published, four months, I've been in like eight airports and I've seen them in every one. So, uh, of course, all in this country. I don't know if outside the country but uh i've seen him in every country that's awesome it's published in or it will be published in german or already is uh portuguese france uh, and i think italian um at the that's, that's what i know yeah and uh, i know what the book is in australia and it's in the uk and i'm pretty sure it's in canada so um and, and again it's a franchise we don't think of it as just a, a web series adaptation it's a it's truly a franchise that's that's branched out so i, I want to talk about the book sure but i'd love to step back and talk about how you formed the company and just the origin of pride and prejudice inspiring you for uh, Lizzie Bennett. Okay, so that first? Yeah, like what, what how'd that come to be? All right, so uh, Pemberley Digital was started by myself and another big, uh, well, I'm not a big YouTuber, he's a big YouTuber, uh, Hank Green. Oh, nice. Uh, brother of John Green. Yeah, from the, the, uh, the vlog are part of VidCon as well. Exactly. The vlog brothers. VidCon, uh, John Green wrote The Fault in Our Stars, yeah. um, et cetera. Uh, and so Hank. He was just on uh, Stephen Colbert. Yes. Well, I don't know if he was just on, but he was like on. In the la- relatively speaking, yes. in podcast terms. Jo- John Green was on, on Stephen and Colbert. And I was exa- so fired up to think that YouTube talent is crossing over into that threshold. We're seeing it all over the place. Uh, we can we can tangent on yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, that's <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, Hank Hank came Hank and I met just almost randomly at a, a YouTube event, and he asked me when he found out what I was a screenwriter working in online video. Uh, there not there were not many of us by the way who are because exclusive to that. Uh, he asked me if it was possible to tell a book on YouTube, and when he said YouTube, I immediately didn't go. Oh, here's a two hour movie chopped up into two minute increments. Right. I looked at it as, we good? I'm just going to listen okay. to make sure. I'm, sure. I'm super uh, paranoid I, about, I about sound. I'd, I would do it too. Yeah. Um, I'm like, this guy has a lot of faith not listening to his own podcast. But anyway, yeah. uh, so he, he asked me if it was possible to tell a book on YouTube. And when he said YouTube, I, I immediately went to interactivity because that's what I feel YouTube is. It's, it's engaging your audience, bringing them in and everything. And I just said Sure, it's possible. I never thought of that. Um, and he had been thinking about it for years, apparently. So, and I asked him what book you were thinking of, and he goes, Pride and Prejudice. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, kind of like chuckled at it, because, well, the irony of it was it's two guys at a bar talking about Pride and Prejudice. And that was three, but in the next three hours of a bunch of YouTubers with us getting drunk. What bar was this? Uh, it was a place in, called La Bamba in Mountain View, California. Oh, no way. Just, a, just about a you know, stone's throw away from Google HQ. Was it a YouTube uh, partners conference? Or? Um, it was a YouTube concert. I think it was the Digitour uh, debut, the Digitour, okay. back in 2011. So uh, we ended up talking, um, and then fast forward, we started to partner up on the project as an experiment. We didn't know it was going to work. We didn't know if people would like it. You know, we didn't know if a modern adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, we knew it would be modern because it would be cheaper to do. And, of course, you're going to bring in interactivity. Like, there's no computer in 1800. There's no, you know, phone, right? So how are you going to interact with it? So I um, fast forward to 2012. And beginning 2012, we launched a show. 
Uh, it came out like a rocket. It was uh, it was it was a hit out of the gate. We didn't think we didn't know it was gonna be a hit out of the gate. We just like, oh, check it out. Hopefully it's cool. And you like it? Just putting it online. Putting it online. I mean, there's there's a video of of Hank introducing it in one of his videos, and he's like, he's very much that's helpful. You, you can you can but you can sense the hesitancy. Not hesitancy. It was like kind of like this is an experiment. I really don't know if this is gonna work. And I I like that is exactly what him and I were thinking both separately about this project like we have no idea if this is going to be anything um and then it came Those out are some of the best ideas come from like that minimum viable product is like what you call it in the, in the tech world yeah you don't know where you just take you just, a risk you don't know if 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 the, if the marketplace exists for something like this and sure enough it did you know with a lot of little lot of good signs of it one of the things that that um people go like well you're targeting women and it's like yes but we're not the first people to ever target women, but I feel that we're one of the few to target literary women. You know, um, it, not all women want fashion and beauty content or lifestyle content, which is what most women's content is online, right. in my opinion. You it's could, like haulers and... Yeah, like mom content, yeah. li- mommy blogging, literary... Uh, not literary, mommy blogging, fashion content, beauty content, food content. So, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. That that certainly is a need for that stuff. There, But there is an, uh, apparently a need for, you know, good storytelling online. And what was the first video? Uh, the first video was... Uh, it's basically the first half of chapter one of... Uh, it was Lizzie talking to the camera, introducing herself... Uh, setting up the plot, her mother and her sister and, and her best friend. So this first chapter from Pride and Prejudice. First half of chapter Contextualized one. in a teenage in, girl. Uh, not teenage, mid-20s. Mid-20s, yeah. vlogging. Vlogging. You know, for four and a half minutes. Uh, I mean, in my, in my writing opinion, I mean, I wrote it with, you know, with Hank. So like a little biased, but I thought it was very clean. It was a very, it was a, very uh, a structured pilot i thought in my in my web series experience so i was very happy with it i mean there were things i didn't like about it i think or we went a little overboard in the makeup which we hung a lantern on a few times um and i think uh some of the continuity was kind of weird but whatever you know like it's but an it's, experiment it's the web it's the web you can well, people are, are forgiving if they're it's, a little if, they, if it's good storytelling they're a little more forgiving i think the marketplace has changed but but back then they were more forgiving and we and how long ago was this 2012 april okay. 2012 and we were uh um, and we were, you know, by, by design experimenting. Now we're not. Now we're like, you know, we're expected to come out and come out swinging with every show. And then was each half chapter then a, a video? Not perfect translation, but I would say it's a good good barometer. Uh, Liza, Lizzie Bennett Diaries was 100 episodes, and and at least the main series was 100 episodes. And, each, and Pride and Prejudice is a 60-chapter book, I believe. Um, it's around that. Wow. So it's pretty close. And can you walk people through, like, what what the setting was and the environment for the 20-something girl... Well, we, we took the basic... In, in Jane Austen's modern world. Sure, we took the basic themes of, of, uh, the, of Pride and Prejudice, which was economic hardship, which is something we can all relate to, especially yeah. a young adult, this yeah. age, post-college, debt. In 2012. 2012, yeah. Um, that was very relatable. Uh, we looked at the pressures, saddle pressures of marriage and, and not, quote, you know, with quotes, being a, you know, a spinster, not being alone, and, and, and kind of an old-fashioned mother wanting, you know, like, success in life is getting marrying off your kids type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little anachronistic, but, you know, the, the, that, that the way of thinking still exists. It resonates. Yeah, it resonates. So those, those core basic values are still there. And, and, um, and being countered with an impen- the independent woman uh, that, that Lizzie represents, in this day and age, um, we, you know, we had to change some things because 
uh, a lot more choices for women today. Uh, you don't have to get married. You have career choices. Um, and it's not just about getting with the rich guy or getting with the guy who will provide for Security you. Security blanket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not that that isn't bad. Right. You know, you if you want that, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> right? but, no. but As a guy, more, I want to... Sc- that <laughs> yeah. but who wouldn't all things being the same right. right if all things being the same yeah um but uh the opportunity now is is reflected in our in our piece um for example uh our four main characters in the if you read the book this is a 200 year old book so it's a spoiler if you read the book spoiler the, alert the four girls that we focus on in the beginning all four at the end of, by the end of the novel end up married right happy or not is up to your interpretation but they all all four end up married um, in our in our uh, adaptation, all four girls don't end up even engaged. Oh, really? Right. Some of them are in our committed relationships and da da da. But uh, but we purposely, you know, it's modern. It's modern. And there's people who there's I'm sure there are purists. There are purists like Hank. Even when we're developing it, I proposed the idea of like we're not going to end up getting, having them get married. And he's like, what? It's Pride and Prejudice. They have to end up married. And I'm like. We're doing a real-time story with in, in, amongst real cam, uh, calendar dates over the course of a year. They're going to meet and start dating, and then three weeks later, they're going to get married? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> right? We're not yeah. doing a time jump, right? Yeah. So, it has to be relatable. Yeah, it has to be, has to be real, you know, realistic and believable in, in a sense. Not that doesn't, that doesn't happen either, but why we felt with the characters that we were building, that didn't make sense. So what's like the, tell us like one of the anecdotes, like, how do you adapt a modern spin to this where you're actually like getting into someone's living room and bedroom who's got cell phones and Facebook? And- I think the trickiest thing was communication because in, 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 in uh, 1800, the hardest thing was the communication was I'm going to write a letter. A messenger is going to come in on horseback. I'm going to give this messenger the letter and the messenger is going to go and deliver it. And you assume that he's, they're going to deliver it. Today, there's Twitter. Right. There's texting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There's all these sorts of things, um, and so we have we had to. Uh, there's feign, we had to feign some ignorance a lot. Um, some people weren't following each other on Twitter, and that's you know not everybody's on Twitter, so you can say that. Uh, people not texting each other and people just not being direct, which is something that I think modern just society has. Like, yeah. How many of us are really direct right. to other people, especially people who don't really know, right? So we try to be direct, where we, we, we think we're direct, where we think, but we're not. We're not revealing everything. Nope. Nope. And so that's uh, a nuance that you had to. Well, a big theme of prime prejudice is, is misunderstanding. Yeah, people just misunderstand. Like that's what you know. You think of prejudice, <laughs> right? You know, and 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 pride actually are based on misunderstandings. So what's how would you summarize the plot? Um, it's the same. Yeah, but how would you like like it, just contextualizing it? Young adult uh, women, mo- young modern women uh, in in the two thousands trying to to. Uh, um, Live live a full and independent life. I would say that Just find out who she, find herself and find happiness. And a lot of people are telling her how to be happy, and she doesn't agree with them. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost by definition the definition of independence, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Just because your mother or your parents tell you something, it doesn't mean that they don't love you. They just believe that's the right thing. It doesn't mean they're right. Right. And so you think that's what really resonated with younger girls and women that were? I would say so. Yeah. I mean, that's what just, resonated with me. I mean, it's like, it's what I think we all, all of us who grew up with parents, right, can, can relate to that. Uh-huh. It's like parents are telling you something that you don't agree with. And, it's, and, and it, you, you have to realize generally that they aren't doing it to spite you. 
they are doing it because they, they believe it's right and they love you, it's just not right. And what got, were there any funny moments that you wrote that came on YouTube that you thought people really responded to? That I thought they would or they Yeah, because the movie itself, like, isn't that funny? No, it's not. But, like, well, on, on YouTube, you have to, like, hit different notes, I would think. I, I would say that, I mean, in the beginning, if you watch the first few episodes, you can easily get the vibe that it, it, it could come off as, like, a like satire, parody, parody almost. It's, it's a you know, broad comedy type thing. Um, for example, uh, when we, we had the Streaming Awards that just passed, in 2013, the Streaming Awards we submitted as a comedy, and we did, you know, we had nominations across the board. And in 2014, we submitted it as a drama, because by that point, the narrative had turned into a drama. Yeah. So, and we won. So, oh, wow. Because so it was that, like 90 episodes and... Yeah, yeah. Like, like now, like, the, you know, the real drama, drama had hit, like, all this buildup had happened, and, and, you know, and all that sort of... So, in, in the beginning, um, there was a lot of just, like, sat, uh, like, like, societal commentary things that ended up uh, being quoted a lot that I didn't realize would be quoted. What's one of them, for example? Well, in the, in the pilot, it was a line that I threw in here that didn't work, that I didn't know it was going to work, was um, she, the mother was trying to, was, was pushing the daughters to meet this, this new eligible bachelor that comes in the town, which is the inciting incident of the entire novel, anyway. And uh, she, the, Lizzie is like, well, what if he's gay? And he goes, what if she's, he's a serial killer? And then he goes, what if he's a gay serial killer? It's like... The thing was, the, the, the essence of that line was to commentate on this. Your mom, my mom, knows nothing about these guys right. except that they're single, yeah, and they're rich, yeah. <laughs> right? What if all these things would completely negate, you know, uh, this whole desire of fixing them up? That's yeah. really interesting. And that, and that was, and that was quoted on, on Tumblr and GIF form like right away. And I'm like, huh, who knew that that would be like. At the time, and maybe secondly, it's like the most most like quoted or popular line I've ever written was that sequence. Really, <laughs> potentially, just yeah. the cluelessness of the mom that she's like, "This guy's rich, so he must be." Well, not, like, not that's, that's the essence of of you know the 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 the, the commentary from Lizzie. It's right. Like the line of what if he's gay? What if he's a serial killer? What if yeah. he's a gay serial killer? Yeah. Uh, that thought process was. Quoted, quoted a lot. And so it was like gifts on Tumblr and quotes. We were, we were a lot of gifts. TMZ just used one of our gifts of, of, her, of, of Lizzie exaggeratingly crying, like, like, uh-huh. like just exaggerating, no and, and used it to represent when Justin Bieber got hurt or something, like a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> they use one of us. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know what I don't even know if they and know what they're that, using. How did those come to be? The community or people? Our fans love gifting. Yeah, I mean, our, our show was a top ten YouTube series, YouTube channel, including like. And you built it from scratch. And built from scratch. Well, you know, Hank Green helps, of course, yeah. right? Um, and uh, and I, like 2013, I think, or 2012, I believe, we were top ten Tumblr most tumbled. Oh no series. way! Yeah, top ten. And so, and Tumblr is big on gifts. Yeah, you know, and and our fans. As young fan. girls love gifts, and they're. That's what they say. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, so when you got this out there, like, how did you market it? Um, well, we really didn't. I mean, Hank told his audience. Yeah. Um, we did a couple interviews, but we had we've never spent a dime on PR marketing for that show. The the show's natural marketing comes from its hook. It's Pride and Prejudice as a YouTube series. Pride and Prejudice is arguably the most popular. My wife loves it. Novel, in like Western history. Yeah. Right. Okay, I mean, what else is there? The Bible, right? <laughs> okay, if you could, you Maybe know. Shakespeare. Shakespeare, but what Shakespeare? Right. Hamlet? Like Romeo and Juliet. Maybe Romeo and Juliet. Okay, so, but like you talk about the feverish 
the Bible side, <laughs> yeah, the feverishness in Western society of a of a piece of literature, right? If you um. It's Pride and Prejudice. There's no, there's no other book that's not even close. My le- my wife loves it. We were in uh, Bath, England. Mm-hmm. There's a Jane Austen museum yes, there. Yes, I'm aware of that. We didn't go because it was we just weren't programmed that day to do it uh-huh. and like sit through a Jane Austen. But my wife was like really contemplating because Pride and Prejudice. She should have went. She loves it. She should have went. Like Gone with the Wind. I mean, there's all these epic tales. Of, of course. That really transcend. So if you are a Pride and Prejudice fan and you hear that pitch, you're going to check it out. So even today, people are reading Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, in school and everything. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. People are discovering the show every day. You know, the show hasn't, hasn't except for a couple of bonus videos, hasn't debuted a video in, uh, since 2013, March. And it still does a million views a month. We don't do a thing on the channel. Do you guys have ads on it? Yeah. Okay. So it's helping to, you're still making some money. And, mm-hmm. and then what about awards? So awards, the most notable award that we won was the 2013 Primetime Emmy Award for mm-hmm. Interactive Original Series. Um, we are, and no one has defeated me on this yet, so I be- in, as well as YouTube, um, so I believe it's true. <laughs> we are the only YouTube series to ever win a Primetime Emmy. There are other YouTube series that have won Daytime Emmy right. and stuff like that. But like, I had a guy on the podcast, Jamie Wilkinson. He did Star Wars Uncut. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't... That, that was, was like a tech Emmy or yeah, something? Yeah, it was like competing against like Dexter's website. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, th- we were the only series... Uh, That's to, cool. ...to win a primetime Emmy. Where do you uh, keep the, the Emmy? It's right there. We can watch, you can go ch- check it out when we yeah. get, we're done okay. here. Yeah, okay. We'll take a photo with it. <laughs> yeah. And um, streaming awards, uh, we've won five? Mm-hmm. Four. Four uh, streaming awards. Uh, in 2013, we won for writing and interactive. And this year, we just, you know... Four days ago, <laughs> one one for drama series, and uh, Ashley, the actress who played Lizzie, won one for best actress. Oh, cool! Yeah, so, so to this day, it's still going strong, and I mean, it still has a it has a legacy. Yeah, it still has a legacy. Um, every time it's been nominated for an interactive award, like it's been a list of a of a, of a, of a roster, it's it's won. Um, so it's three for three, uh, and it's won some other type of things, like it's won a best web series and like like various site lists and stuff, and. And all that, and of course, it spawned into not just the stuff that we do at our company. It spawned to this all slew of of uh, groups all across the world doing doing adaptations and kind of vlog interactive form. So it's inspired a whole whole realm of this stuff. What were you doing before you created this project with Hank Green? Um, well, I was working on a couple other projects. Uh, screenwriting being the trade, uh-huh. right? So I was working on a web series. Uh, like a dramatic series that was with a production company that I'm not sure what can name, so I'm not going to name it, but it was basically I was doing other shows. Mm-hmm. I did a show, also a show that ran during, kind of right after Lizzie ended. Um, it was a show for a, a social network called Lookbook. Uh, that I don't think it's on anymore. Well, they, I don't think it's up anymore, so I don't think you can find it, but it was a, it was a fashion bloggers and series. And um, I mean, I was very much into the web, the web video scripted world. Uh, there's a lot of web video out there. We know there's all types of vlogs, pranks, um, you know, reality documentary and stuff. And I, I respect it all. It's great. You know, I've watched all bits of everything. Um, not, all, not every single thing, but every kind of little subgenre gaming right yeah but, and i used to work at machinima you know yeah so, so it's you, like crazy community so, so you get it but i i go my i'm a storyteller i don't want to create all that stuff i don't want to be the a gaming commentator i don't right. want to be those guys I, res- you're I, not a style hauler i'm a style hauler i respect <laughs> that they probably make 
they do oh, yeah. way more views than we do community leave and they probably wake more they probably hopefully they make more money you know and i respect that but i just not don't really care about that i came to this town to be a storyteller and so um and online is apparently my playground so that's that's my that's my that's my game and um i'm gonna be really good at that game so what about like screenwriting then are you like because well, you're early into the web series industry so i i've been a part of the la for like seven years and worked with different tech startups that do social media and video content like machinima mm-hmm. but there was always i felt like that hollywood like oh it's the web you can't make money or you can't tell stories like it sounds like you saw this like opportunity where you we're like, screw it. We can tell stories anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't have to be on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that moment? Or, you know, why did you see this opportunity whereas other people maybe didn't? Well, I always, again, you're looking at it, looking at it like a business, right? So, um, Lizzie Band Diaries, for example, it's about, you know, it's, it's, it's economics, right? It's costs and return, right? So, um, I can say Elizabeth Diaries as the video series, just the videos online. The, the, the amount of money that we spent to produce those videos has already been earned back on just YouTube ads. Mm-hmm. So ignore the book, ignore the DVDs, ignore the merchandise. All, all good revenue generators for us. Um, ignore all the, the rest of those three other streams. The book, it, DVD. Merchandise. Merch. Right. We've, we're, we're in the black on just ads on YouTube. That's pretty good. How many views did you guys get? Uh, we're at like 50, 60 million now, okay. cumulatively. Yeah. So, I mean, this is over, you know, two years. Uh-huh. But like, we were in the black uh, last summer, wow. I think. So, so like, you're in. Now it's just, just you know, Added residual it. income, right? Which right. Which is great. Uh, and then um, for, but now our other series, we look at, you know, the interactive stuff. Um, Emma, which just ended, okay? So it hasn't earned back yet, but like... The Emma's inter- the Emma interactive experience um, is far more lucrative than the Lizzie Bennett interactive experience because we were smarter about it. We just like figured out how to build in uh, the business plan for hey, it. Can you explain Emma as well to the sure. crowd? Sure. Emma approved is an adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma, so we kind of stick with that for a little bit. You know, Jane Austen. Let's do another Jane Austen, right? If it ain't broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Emma as a book is nowhere near as popular in right. my personal opinion as Pride and Prejudice. Uh, so we didn't, certainly didn't expect it to do um, as well in the kind of the feverishness of of, of Lizzie Bennet Diaries did. But um, we decided to try different things with Emma approved. One was to actually be be smarter about the the ROI on it. Uh, Lizzie Bennet Diaries is one countless interactive awards, but I cannot tell you, I cannot give you an, a, a pure metric that says the interactivity has led to an ROI mm-hmm. in pure dollars. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, you can say like, well, the Emmy award must mean, like, yes, sure. <laughs> like, like, right. But the Emmy award is not made of gold and we don't sell it. So there's right? some credibility that you get from an Emmy. Yes, but you don't get a clean, just like, you know, right. a, a transaction like coming transa- back. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a transaction coming right back. So for Emma, we decided to, sure, we can go for our awards and everything. And Emma has been nominated across the board for many awards uh, and so forth. And, um, and so we're, hap- we're certainly proud of that and happy and we're going to keep trying to do that stuff. But um, for me as, a, as an entrepreneur, uh, the, most thing, uh, the biggest thing I'm proud about Emma is that um, we, our interactive team got bigger. We expanded it. So it costs more. Mm-hmm. So Emma's budget production and interactively was, I'm going to say twice, maybe you know, 70% more, not maybe 100%, but like 70% more of what Lizzie Benedarius cost. But the interactive made money back like yeah the, the, we almost we almost made more money 
the more interactive we made, the more money we made. Like merchandise, not just merchandise, like blog content, the things that you, we know how to monetize on the web already. We've been monetizing for for twenty years. Yeah, music on the web monetizes. We know that blog content. But you the web. original music that you then we have original music. The 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 in my uh, I like to say the biggest innovation of Emma Emma approved um, is that it uses five medias. I'll define meaning in a second. Five medias to tell its story. Um, now, if you look at the what are the basic forms of media? Just media as a theory, as like a device, right? Yeah. There's video. Yeah. There's audio. Right. There's text. Mm-hmm. There's photo, and now we call it social, mm-hmm. right? So audio being music, text being blog, photo being photo blog, okay, photo series, video, video web series, yeah, um, and social media, the stuff we we won the Emmy for already. Yep. So we use all five. Elizabeth Diaries doesn't do that. Elizabeth Diaries uses just video and social, but Emma. You, actively uses five independently of one another um, and collaboratively as one use, one story universe and monetizes all five, which I thought is... That's... It's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a link of, of, of a reel that demonstrates it. Okay. But it's like, you, when you watch it, you're like, oh, it's like, it's actually... You think... You never think of it, but it right. works together so well. So the reel is of, like, your story of... The, the, you... what, Emma, what Emma approved is and how it demonstrates all five awesome. medias coming together. I'll put that in the description as well in the podcast. Sure, sure. Because I, I had Bernie Burns on from Rooster Teeth as yes. my first guest. And he was saying t-shirts were, like, the first way they made money. Yeah. And he's like, the ad truck just doesn't show up when you create something, especially at that time, Red versus Blue was hosted on their website. Uh-huh. And he's like, we had to be creative. So t-shirts and merch... All these things offline were the way they helped pay some of their bills early on. I think so, yeah. I, I, I will say that our merch isn't that good, in my opinion. I feel we could do better. I don't know, I don't know how. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like a, a great merch yeah, designer yeah, yeah. or developer, so I'm trying to, that's one of the nuts I'm trying to crack. Right. Um, I know that you know, like the Green Brothers are really good at in their brand. But the, I think just copying what the Green Brothers do with our brand doesn't quite make sense. We've tried it actually, and I don't think it works. So you're getting well. like great traffic to your websites. We get, we have great traffic blogs. to websites. Well, because we have so much story content, you know, I think it's what it Did is. You tell stories around production of it, and also no, 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 not, just not it's plot. It's, we just plot. We actually are terrible, in my opinion, on behind the scenes. Currently, we're going to get better, but right now we are terrible at it. Because one thing I love about uh, Kickstarter and funding projects is the perks you get. Mm-hmm. Where like I will pay like Freddie Wong delivered fried dough or and donuts to some guy in New Jersey because he paid twenty five hundred dollars as a perk. Nice. And he showed up on his doorstep unannounced. Nice. For five thousand dollars, you go go to Disneyland with the cast and crew. Like that kind of stuff is so meaningful to fans. I mean, I'm, I'm, well, I mean, we were, I think the craziest thing we've done because we're storytellers is yeah. that we've actually did. Uh, I think we did two thousand dollar perks on our on our DVD Kickstarter. That this, uh, one of our bridge series called Welcome to San Antonio, we actually let the two those two fans become characters in the show. Oh, really? Yeah. How much? That was a thousand dollar per person. And they also got the DVDs. They got the cameos. Team. They got not necessarily cameos, but they actually were active characters that they were referenced. So it's like if you and I are the main characters in the show, cool. it's like, did you talk to Sarah? That's Sarah awesome. told me this. That's great. And if you go to the Sarah Twitter account, like she actually like all that is is there. So she is a live character. She's a real character. Exists online. That that the, the, the character that the characters in the show reference. Would you, you so know. you did Kickstarter for another side we, project? We did, we did Kickstarters for the DVDs for this. Okay. So and why that came about, quick story, is that when the show was ending, I got a lot of little Tumblr messages and tweets and everything. We want a DVD of the Lisa Diaries. How many DVDs does that mean? You know, you, you can't really quantify. It's like, what does one Tumblr message mean? Is it a yeah. thousand DVDs? Does it mean right. one DVD? Yeah, yeah. Right? And 
the show is nine and a half hours. So you don't really know the demand of, of total video. The... And nine and a half hours total video content. That's not one disc. That's a box set. Right. Right. That is a full-fledged nine-disc box set. Yeah. Right. So that's not going to be cheap. So we decided, like, we're going to put up a Kickstarter to kickstart DVDs. So it really wasn't a Kickstarter. It was more like a pre-order. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the, I like to call it which, that. Like, like a super advanced kickstarter. A lot of, like, what Kickstarter is is pre-ordering. Exactly. The product-based Kickstarter. You're not getting equity. You're gonna, you know, the most successful Kickstarters are what? Products, I'm going right? to build a product. I'm you're going to buy it in advance. Yes. And be so, part of the story. And, exactly. But you had the built-in audience. We had a built-in audience. Fans that built-in loved audience it. Who wanted DVDs. Um, we didn't know how many. We figured if they if they kickstart if they pre-ordered a thousand DVDs, well, that if you charged fifty sixty bucks for that box set, that's fifty sixty thousand dollars. That should be enough to make a DVD. Uh-huh. So we that's what we asked for sixty k. We blew away that number. We blew away that number in three hours, right? We ended up at um, uh, when the first five hours we got hundred k. Wow. In the first twelve hours, we got the one sixty. And the first twenty four, we got to two fifty. No way. And at that point, we were we were so like, That's what, what is going on? Yeah. Like, like this is like we can't we can't add. We weren't able to add you know flex goals because we we're so far ahead yeah. of, the, of our goal. Yeah, already. your reach goals, you're like, oh, we've hit them. We we hit the we hit this like wow. seven hours ago. Like we can't like add a flex goal at hundred k because we already hit that. No way. Right? So um, we, we it became like we still promoted it. We weren't like as active and like quote unquote say spammy as some some tend to get. Um, because we were like, it just felt like we were just being greedy, you know? Crazy. Right? But like, you said like, well, if you want to order the DVD, there it is. Yeah. yeah. And people kept ordering it. And so we ended up at 462. So you didn't really need to promote it. It just took a life of its own. It took a and- life of its own. We just did some basic stuff. It's, oh, hey, it's almost ending. Um, uh, so we ended up 700%, 700% wow. over the, the goal. Uh, at the time when we finished, this was after Veronica Mars, but before Zach Braff, we were the number five web series in all of mm-hmm. in all uh, no we were number one web series I think we were number five in video yeah because you know Veronica they, Mars is not a web series yeah yeah yeah. Um, and Freddie Wong didn't classify season two of of VGHS as a web series uh-huh. he should be number one but yeah. he, he didn't check that box so yeah, yeah, we have yeah. that distinction right semantics. now semantics yeah so um, we count that one as yeah one. that's a win yeah it's a, it's a win um, but I like to say it's a product it's a product it's not like Oh, we're gonna make a movie for you or a show. Give us the Kickstarter for money for this, which is mo- what most of them do. We said we're gonna make you a product, and if we go over, we're gonna make you a little side series, um, which we did, uh, obviously, <laughs> with all that. Mo- with the, with the- so the side series was all the DVDs, or was no? The side series was a show called Welcome to Sanitan, which was kind of like an experimental, uh, interactive show. Wow. Yeah. We, we, we did we did a three month kind of we called it a, internally we called it a bridge project. And that's in in. Conjunction with you actually getting the DVDs from the series, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so it was it was important to Hank um, and me, but Hank, you know, brought it up. It's like if we're going to kickstart for DVDs, we should also kickstart for content, do new stuff, new content, yeah, give them new content, and, and and new content not being just behind the scenes right, commentary right, right. on the DVD. Um, I think we made a really good DVD personally, wow. especially for the cost. Uh, we it, it, we have commentary on every video, nine and a half hours of commentary. Every video has wow. commentary. We have. Oh, is that uh, you? Not all of them. Lots, lots of me because I'm the most accessible. But like, I, I was trying to have as many not be me uh-huh. as possible. So anytime it's not me, I feel it's a win. Like <laughs> <laughs> getting actors and actors and writers. Yeah. If we if we got two actors together, that's great. If we yeah. got an actor and writer together, that's great. Uh-huh. They did it. Um, and then we have uh, you know just behind the scenes featurettes that were you know, no, available nowhere else. 
uh, except for I guess for iTunes. I mean, what's that like when you just see your Kickstarter blow up? It was insane. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just like, you, it was like kind of like, what is going on? Like you're excited, but then like, <laughs> are you afraid? I, I'd be afraid it's going to go away. Well, it's like this can't be real. I, we never feared that. I think it, there was an inherent pressure. If I look back on that, because we we went, we, it, it, we had we ran delays. I think every Kickstarter gets run delays, right? Uh, we had we ran some very big manufacturing delays. Um, and and not that was not the manufacturer's fault entirely. It was also partially our fault because uh, we got more ambitious. It's like we're not making a sixty thousand dollar just bare bones. Throw the videos on the on the DVD, ship the DVD out anymore. We need some we need some good content on this thing. It's got to be a good DVD. We got to put some good commentary on it. You know, our fans love it. We owe it to the fans. Let's make let's make as as good as we can make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, captions, right? right. <laughs> Stuff like that. So fulfillment is a bigger problem now. Fulfillment was a big problem because you're like running a business at this point. Luckily, it's um, like a new startup. Uh, we we had a lot of merchant perks, but um, Hank has a merch company already, so they kind of just handled all that. Okay, that was nice. All I had to do was sign a bunch of. Well, personally, I had to sign a bunch of journals and send those off to them, and the cast to come in. Yeah, were some of the perks posters. that you had you were involved with? Um, well, uh, we had a lot of signed stuff. We had signed scripts. We have a we had a, a poster that you can you can show you when you get out there. It's signed by the entire cast and crew. I think it's a beautiful poster. That's cool. There's only I think we only had fifty of them uh-huh. in the DVD, so it was like a very high level perk. Yeah. Um, I, there were these kind of mini journals that we signed. Uh, some of the cast members signed kind of these little posters, and um, uh, we, I mean, we, I think one of the things I say to Kickstarter people people are kickstarting it's like you know have good value to your perks i really do believe all of our perks had good value um if, when, you, when you get to like the high level kind of you know novelty gimmicky stuff the freddie wong yeah kind of stuff you can't you know that's the hard to weigh value right yeah but like like even our 20 dollar perk we gave people four posters for 20 bucks right and those posters you can you when they were on on the site they were 10 bucks each uh-huh so you're actually getting a deal right <laughs> like you're if, a discount. You, if you if you buy this perk yeah you know uh and i think that's that that was important. Like the like, the most bought perk was the DVD. Obviously, because people just they just wanted DVD. It right. wasn't about like, oh, we we, we I mean, they want to support the show, of course. But it was it's like, well, that's how you build a community. There's a DVD yeah, for you, you. You want people to love what you do. You do like create them, give them perks, add value. Exactly. And the DVD was cheaper as a perk than it is yeah. on the retail right now. Right. So you got a deal. Yeah. You got it first. You got a deal. I mean, how do you as an entrepreneur like weigh community versus money? Ah, uh, man. Because Hank Green at VidCon this year said, you know, you care about your community, you will make money. If you don't care about your community, you won't make money. I would say, I, 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 I'm, I'm newer to this game than Hank Green is, um, so I certainly don't disagree with that. I just hope that stays true. Yeah. I really do. And so when you bridged this, what was the next project after? So, so Lizzie Band Diaries was bridged with, when paid for by the money that we had made at Kickstarter. Uh, the, the, the bridge show was called Welcome to Sanity, Welcome which was based on okay. an unfinished novel by Jane Austen. That's then amazing. we went to Emma Approved, um, which uh, just recently ended, and now we are in the you know right in the middle of Frankenstein MD, right now. No way. Yeah. And so. how do you how do you get the book out of all this? Uh, the book came about uh, after Simon the, and Schuster. Simon Schuster. You may have heard of them. Yeah, I mean a little, small little startup. Startup, startup company on yeah. CBS and Viacom. Massive publisher. <laughs> so uh, when when the 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 show ended, when the show was ending, we were we were looking at exploitation abilities of of like people love the story. Let's is there other ways to exploit it? And I I think what's a bad word a lot. Of but the, the word you're saying is like franchise. Franchise, right? Yeah. And so it's like, well, can we make it a book? And but you're artists, and you want to make some. 
livable money. And well, exactly. And people love it. Give Kate, them a demand. The other author on this was Kate Rourke, and she's a five-time published novelist. Okay. So she's, she's certainly, and she's one of the writers on the team, one of the producers, and she uh, she brought it up as an idea, too. And, and then we kind of went like, yeah, we could write it ourselves and self-publish it. That's fine. And then we're like, wait a second. Why don't we actually just try to put it with a publisher? <laughs> like, why wouldn't we do that? And so we put a proposal together. We did the meetings and um, look. I think uh, I don't. I can't say. I can't speak for book publishing, um, the business, because I'm I'm very you know new to this. Is my first experience with it. But I th I feel that print is like they're trying to find new ways to bring people in. Yeah. Right. And what better way to to lock in with a recognizable franchise that was a phenomenon? Yep. That was a book right <laughs> right, right. So, it's, but it's like reimagined ip and yeah exactly exactly um so did, it, was it easily adapt to the could you like take the youtube series and translate it very quickly or? um what i what, what i'm really most proud of about this book is that it actually is, it stands alone and it can and, it, and it's it's a companion to the to the to the youtube series and how long did it take to write it uh six months yeah the manuscript and then how long after that did it get published six months after that right right um the the uh what the, the two experiences I think are the most fascinating for this this property, the book, is that if you get the ebook, in between most of the entries, it's journal style, so the chapters are like data entries, right? Are links to the videos that they correspond with. So if you're watching the ebook, reading the ebook, you can go like, oh, this is the video she's talking That's about. That's awesome. Coom, and go like pop it over. Is yeah. it embedded in the book or do you go to YouTube? Um, I think it links you over. That's cool. The, the, the ebooks have a limited. Uh, size, right. so you can't have a 10 gigabyte yeah, yeah, ebook. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, take up all your memory on your yeah, iPad. Yeah, exactly. You can't have that, but uh, it, it, I that, think that's, that's, that's all cool. I do. My book, the idea is the same with the podcast. So, like, oh, you have a hundred, a thousand word chapter, like you want to hear the in depth 35 minute interview, go yeah, here. There you go. Uh, the second experience I think was really fascinating that I, I know the fans love is the audiobook. Because guess who it's read by? No way. It's read so by the cool. actor. That's it's, so great. It's read by the actor. And you're not reading it? I'm not reading it. Yeah. It's read by the actor. So, uh, uh, Ashley. The, That's the, cool. The, the girl in the photo there. And, so um, she's now just like everywhere. I mean. Well, for regard to this, yeah. What does she do, what does she do now? Um, well, she was just in a movie, I believe. Uh, she did a movie over the summer. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, know She's got to raise her profile so much just from. I'm sure. You know, you yeah. talk about uh, someone, if you just like look at before her first list band diary credits, it was it, it, uh, on IMDb. It's, it's not exactly a flushed out yeah list. and now um she's got forty thousand plus twitter followers who who are rabid fans oh, of I bet. her uh she was just in a movie that was shooting in san francisco for six weeks you know um she read she read this audiobook and like i said the audiobook is it's like it's like you're getting another show yeah you're getting like an expansion of the show because she it's her voice amazing she does all the characters just like how uh -huh. she does in the show i mean uh i i think it's my it's my it's like really proud of that like expansion of the of the story world of like here you're getting a whole new experience dude that's amazing <laughs> and so many different platforms exactly so you can reinvent the ip and then introduce it to fans and they're gonna love it because it's different mm -hmm. exactly yeah yes. and so i love what we said earlier about embracing your entrepreneurship early yes is the best way you know to really figure out where you are mm -hmm. um like what do you th think is something you could give advice to because you took a small or not small you took a chance but it wasn't a major risk. You and Hank, you created the web series. You didn't know if it would work. Mm -hmm. And then now it's like changed so many people's careers and their, and their paths. Absolutely. Like how, how do you articulate what happened to you and um, just like the, the risk you take? And I, I mean, I think, I always think of it as 
I, I wish I knew some, who, who actually where I got this from. Maybe it's just I thought of it or whatever, but I'm pretty sure someone... We'll credit you. Uh, if you want big results in life, you have to make big moves. Yeah. Make, you know, if you want to win big, bet big. I actually wrote that line. And yeah. It's, it's an Emma. Okay. But like one of the characters says it and I'm like, you want to win big, you got to bet big. And, you, you know, uh, it's not selling a, it's not a full gamble. It's not a coin flip. It right. is like you believe in it. So bet. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Believe in yourself and then make a bet on yourself. And I think um, every individual out there, readers, listeners, whoever, right? It's like, I don't know who, I don't know them. You know, they only know me through whatever interactions we have. Maybe it's just this podcast and everything. So, you know, betting on me or I'm me betting on them or you're betting on your friend or your, your relatives, that's one thing. But who do you know better than them? yourself yeah so believe you know get yourself to the point where you believe in yourself and bet on yourself yeah and it's your life right it's don't don't i mean one of the things that lizzie the lizzie story has taught us is like it's your it's her life she it's, it's not your her mother's life it's her life yeah um and uh it's not your it's not your parents life or your your sibling's life or whatever it's your life don't let you know if you don't agree with something then prove them wrong. So was it important for you to do your own project where you controlled like the distribution and um, versus like selling your idea to like a bigger en- entity? I mean, I'm kind of, I'm very much a go with the flow type of guy, right? Um, certainly I, I would like to have control, but it's more about ha- giving whoever controls it, I trust. I want to trust control. Yeah. Right. For example, PBS Digital is the one that's distributing Frankenstein, the episodes themselves on their channel. On oh, their YouTube channel? Yeah. I trust them. They're great. <laughs> like, they've been, a, they've been a great, they were great since day one. They've been great to work with. Um, they're really easy to just like, you know, it's, uh, even if we want to change something in the credits, quick and easy, simple, simple. Um, so I trust them. I'm, I, when I send those episodes off to PBS and my team does it, I'm not worrying about it. I'm not going, oh, I need to, to check this. I need to check this. No, I believe that they'll check it. Mm-hmm. I know that they'll check it. And I believe that I trust that they'll do, they'll do what they do and do a good job. So um, it's really just trust. It's like some people only trust themselves, which is kind of unfortunate. Control, controlling. Yeah. But, uh, but I've left them any a good company because the founders won't trust anyone. Exactly. Delegate. Um, so I think it's important to trust people. And like one of the things I think I've learned over the last couple of years of going through this process is that I've learned to, to delegate more, work with my team better. I mean, the people you see out here and this, when you open the store, those, those are, it's my team. How big is the company? The company itself, I mean, like, doesn't really have, it has like three employees that are full time, but everybody else is kind of in and out depending on scaling up, scaling down, the best in production and so forth. So, but yeah, I like, I'm like, they go, Hey, do you want to read over this, this, uh, you know, put thing I'm going to post, I'm going to put on Pem digital, the site. And I go, no, I trust you. You got it. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, I believe. Do it like, the right way. Yeah. Just like, and, and uh, there were times where, um, uh, like, the first pass of a bunch of Emma scripts, like, I would be like, no, I trust you guys. I'll, I'll do your notes for yourselves. I'll read the third pass. Right. <laughs> right. Then I'll read the third pass. And I, and I was pleased to see when I did that, that, when I did it that way, for one time I did it, I was like, this is really good. Here are my notes. Very, very basic, simple, simple things. Like dialogue change, dialogue change, da, 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 and a slight massage here. Like nothing, like, you know, no page run rewrite, none of that uh-huh. stuff. It's like my team had learned or had grown uh, and involved and gotten to the point where they understood the show. 
And I thought, this is great. I'm not going to change anything. Right. You know? So are you guys self-funded? Um, well, DECA, the, comp- the building we're in is owned uh-huh. by a company called DECA slash King Community. Okay. They're rebranding. Uh, they're an MCN, like an machinima. Yeah. Okay. Their, their MO is women's lifestyle content. Oh, no way. Right. And they're an inv- a minority investor okay. in Premier Digital. So, um, so they, they funded Lizzie Diaries. Uh, after Hank and I launched it, they were like the they bid in. Oh, they were like right? a catalyst. Yeah, the help. catalyst. Uh, they didn't. They weren't the first. You know, Hank Green was the first investor in Lisbon Diaries. That uh, they came in and said they were gonna, here's the here's more money. Finish the whole show, just do the whole thing. You need office space. We'll work out our office space. That's great. You need production gear. Well, you can use some yeah, of ours. Something where you like <laughs> you met you showed it to like multiple people and shopped it. Or, yeah, exactly. And they provided, they presented the, the best, oppor- the most enticing opportunity. Yeah. It's like a true partner and they've mm-hmm. been great partners. So they've, they have funded uh, two of our shows, Lizabeth Diaries and Emma Approved. Um, and the company is still, it's a freestanding company. You know, we don't, ha- they, they don't give script notes. They don't, you know, they don't uh, approve or disapprove of shows. Um, we said that we want to do Frankenstein as an adaptation. We're going to shop it. And they said, fine. They didn't go like, oh, you need to make it with us. We said, like, be, I think they understood that a Frankenstein adaptation doesn't really quite fit women's lifestyle, yeah. like a vertical, right? <laughs> you know, and and um, judgment, yeah. So we we we, we shopped it, uh, and you know, PBS was a very enticing partner, science education, da, 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 right? yeah. So uh, and so they they have no investment in Frankenstein. Right. They just own a minority stake in Pemberley. Yep. And so when we announced Frankenstein and they went, they were like, great. That's it. There you go. Yeah. It's a win-win. Go, go make the show. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> you know, get, get, get more now, you know, like press and trades and stuff like that. And, and, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's exciting. I, I, I think, What's exciting about what we do is that there's no no kind of pocket studio or studio production company out there that does any that that does what we do, adaptations of classic works online that are interactive, that are almost seen like as prestige projects. We win big awards, we're in the trades a lot, uh, in the press a lot, and um, and that's only people see that they know that's here. You know, our development slate runs six projects deep mm-hmm. so uh not saying all six will ever get made but i'm saying like we have you know a long runway ahead of us and so what's what's the process why did you guys pick frankenstein we wanted to go to shift away from austin just to show that we could do it jane austen only wrote six books it's a limit a little limiting right we wanted to show we could do genre we, we can we wanted to show we could do we could work with a, a different partner and a different lift a different vertical um, and uh, from my understanding, PBS is very happy, so that's good. Well, what do we have to look forward to with Frankenstein? Um, well, you, I mean, you're looking at you know, Lizzie and Emma were, were very lighthearted with some dramatic themes, of course. Lighthearted Frankenstein. I mean, bad things happen in Frankenstein, yeah. the book. You know, yeah. And I'm not saying that we're uh, 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 you know a graphic horror series. We're not. But bad things are going to happen, and um, I think you'll. I, I hope our fans love our shift in it. We still kept our strong female lead. Yeah. Right. We still keep a lot of our kind of co- commentary on societal issues, a lot of gender stuff. That's all still there, um, and we also still keep kind of our our humor. Though it's a little more macabre now, <laughs> right? A little more dark. Yeah. Uh, and they talk about science and death and cool. and, and everything, but. Uh, 
that's what I'm excited about for this series. Uh, we we are running. I'm assuming this this podcast will be out by then. We we are running up until Halloween. Like we finale on Halloween by design. That's awesome. That was by design. Yeah. Like, what do you want to debut? When you want to finale? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't care when we debut. We should finale on Halloween. That's just like no question. Makes perfect. Sense. <laughs> we should finale on Halloween. <laughs> Dude, I love it. This is great. So you've you I like I like to usually ask a question about help or sure. like advice at the end. Go ahead. And you said like you know bet on yourself. But like, what would you say to yourself, like, if you were the guy that moved from Silicon Valley, Google down to LA, like right now, ten years ago, that age? Um, I'm assuming you're in your 30s. Yeah, so that's like uh, 20 something. I'm. I would say. Well, I think you have to absorb. Um, I, I I would say this myself, even though I did absorb a lot when I came down here. I don't think I absorbed fast enough. I think for the first like month, like six months I was here, it's kind of just messing around. And like watching a lot of TV, which was absorbing, I'll say. I was watching a lot of scripted television to absorb, but I wasn't like going out there and going to seminars and taking classes and learning. Like I had no delusions of of walking into Hollywood week one and selling a script week two. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Like I was not prepared. No, I'm not, I'm not trained properly enough. I'm not trained enough. I wasn't. Didn't know enough people. Like no, you know. And and I would say, and I I did this. It was, it was remember why you came here. Like, why did you come here? Why did you leave your family? Why did you leave your friends? Why did you, um, you know, disrupt those relationships, break some relationships, stop talking to people, whatever reason, uh, and basically kind of indirectly say that the life I have here with you guys is not the life I want. The life I want is down here in this completely strange area yeah. with, like, this cutthroat industry. Why did you make that choice, right? Um, and so... Uh, think about like what you're here for. Okay, right. like stay, stay true to that. Stay true. You get lost. People come here and they just go off on tangents. And- oh, absolutely. And then people go. Um, uh, I say this to writers all the time. It's like, what's the best advice you can give for writing? And I said, well, the, the generic one is write. Yeah. Right. And the other one is read. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and and those are true. Okay. I'm not going to deny that. And I I always go. Uh, you have an inherent advantage that every, that, that's over every other position in this industry, and that is nothing can stop you from writing. Uh-huh. Right? The only thing stopping you from writing is, the fe- is, is you at the moment right now. You listening to me yep. right now at this very moment because you're hearing me. But when this thing is over and you, you end this podcast, you can pick up a pencil and you can start writing. And yep. No one can stop you. Actors can't say that. Directors can't right. say that. Producers can't need, say that. You don't rely on anyone else. You don't rely on anyone else. You can just write. Right. Right. So why aren't you writing? And so related to that, it goes, well, people, people go, oh, well, I'm friends with writers and directors and actors. One of the things that people don't really acknowledge here is that this is a very competitive industry because everybody wants to play nice. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. You know? But it's still a competition. Okay, so if you're going to television writing, for example, which I am not, so I can say speak freely about this one, there are only a certain number of jobs. We'll call it. Let's let's say the, for the sake of the example, a hundred television writing right. jobs. There are probably more. But yeah, let's but say it's, let's put it out there. That's a hundred television writing jobs. Yeah. How many aspiring television writers do you think are in Hollywood yeah, right now? Right, absurd amounts. Ten thousand. Yeah. Let's even call it one thousand. Right. Right, which I think is a very low number. Like. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. One thousand. So. Top ten percent get those jobs. Yep. You know, talking about legacy people who have been there for years. So you you're not gonna, you're not going to be them. Nepotism. You know, nepotism and all that stuff. So son. so how many of those jobs are really really available yeah. to you as a newcomer or as someone who has no experience? Ten of those hundred. Yeah. Two of those hundred. Right. Right. 
So it's already more of a challenge than... So you have to beat out, what, 92 of those 100... 9,200, 99 to 98 of of those thousands of people, right? Whatever the number you decide to to get that job. Uh So what are you doing right now this weekend <laughs> that right. that to, to get yourself to better get that to that edge. to get that edge and what do you and when you're not getting that edge what do you think the other 9000 yeah. people are doing when you're not doing it when right. you're playing your video games when you're watching you know just dead tv when you're doing nothing okay uh what do you think they're doing mm-hmm. are they getting better are they getting the edge over you yeah so you know <laughs> I mean, don't go into TV writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to go into TV writing, go to the get, web. Get ready for a battle. Go to the web. <laughs> well, I'll say that the web doesn't pay as much as TV right now. Yeah. Hopefully, it changes. But you seem to be enjoying yourself and passionate and oh, I, I, I think I, I think, fulfilled. I think I do fine. Yeah. And I, and I, and I would say that Pemberley Digital, going back to the company, is as uh, you know, just touting the things I'm proud of of this company. We're SAG and WGA. so we pay health and pension to both unions, and we've gotten several actors and writers into both unions mm-hmm. because of the work they've done on our shows, mm-hmm. right? We pay what I feel is a relatively fair wage based on the amount of work they put in to, this, to, to the work we do. They're not getting paid, you know, huge television dollars and we just don't have that. If we, I wish we could. You know, I would love for us to deal do yeah. that, but we just, we have to look at this economically as a business. Um, so we can't, but I, I'm proud that we're moving toward that. Right. We're moving toward that norm of, of uh, you know, Working with the unions, going through those uh, those establishments, they're evolving to to fit new media. Well, we're gonna be right there with them, uh-huh. right? And so we're part of both those unions. Um, I wouldn't be surprised for DGA if, if soon. PGA is not a union, so we don't have to worry about that one. But uh, those are those, that's very exciting for us. And you're all over. You're on books. You're we're in books. We have DVDs. Yeah. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon. Um, we Netflix. Ha- not Netflix yet. Um, I'm sure that's just it's it's it's, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been on other video platforms, of course, and um, I mean it's exciting. It's, right. it's, it's 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 totally exciting where where you can put stuff. Um, I think that's a lot of little, little little places. And like I said before, we build franchises, and I think that's really the the long term thinking that we have is that we build franchises. Uh, we we aren't just going here's a book we start we finish right we're done. right no we build franchises over years. Over years, months, years. That's awesome. You know, people go like, Emma's over. Emma Proof finished, got to the end of the book. That's true. What's next? It's not over. What's next? The, the, the franchise yeah. still exists. Right. The franchise is still there. It just, got to, it just ended a season. I mean, it's like Toy Story. Yeah. Right? They reboot like 10 years later. They come back and you it's know. like better than it ever was. Yeah, exactly. Right? So like we have, we have postbook plans for Emma. You know, we, we, clearly with the postbook plans that we did with Lizzie and I Diaries, like we certainly have postbook plans for Emma. There's no mm. question of why we wouldn't have that stuff. Um, and then th- that's perfectly fine, you know. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks man. for hosting me. You're welcome. This and enjoy, enjoy the book. Yeah, totally. I can't wait. Uh, available at all booksellers. Yeah, we'll link to everything in the, <laughs> in the description. All right, cool. That was great.